Welcome, welcome everyone to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. And in today's episode, we are talking sustainability. That's right. What can race organizers and runners do to help make events more sustainable and lower that footprint? And to do so, I brought in a very special guest. She is the Zero Waste Program Manager at the University of Colorado Boulder. So let's get into it with Angie Gilbert. Well, help me turn the turn in. Well, help me get it right. I don't want to hurt nobody. Well, I don't want to fight. Angie, hi. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm really happy to be here today. So this is a um, uh, this is what I love about the trail running community is the fact that a lot of trail runners are really into the uh, sustainable aspect of the sport, right? And what because we're outside, because we're on the trails, uh, you know, that's that's an important part of it. So I, I love that we're having this conversation and. I would love for runners to know a little bit more about like what they can do directly to help help events. And, and if, if there's any event organizers listening, what they can start doing um, to become a little bit more sustainable and lower that footprint as well. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation for everybody that's listening and for, for me, myself, being a race organizer as well. What is so just to give everybody kind of a background, what is your experience in the sustainability uh, field and what have you worked on? What are you currently working on, or what have you done in the past? Perfect. Yeah. No, I think it's it, I think it's great that athletes are joining this movement. Um, you know, clean water, clean air is really important, and clean spaces to recreate. So um, I'm really excited to talk a little bit about this topic. So the core of my 10 year sustainability career is focused on developing elaborate zero waste programs and environmental education activations for a variety of events. Those events include the X Games, the Boulder Bowl. College game day. I traveled on that for about five, five nice. or six years, which was fantastic. Um, CU football and basketball. Um, I worked on a few Ironman boulders um, and then a lot of collegiate bowl games and the college football national championship. Currently, I wear a few hats. I'm still the associate manager of remote sustainability for ESPN. I've been there since 2010, wow. um, responsible for creation and oversight of our programming uh, for multiple proprietary events. And we kind of align with the Walt Disney Corporation, our parent corporation, and their environmentality brand. Um, and then in 2015, I joined the Environmental Center at CU, like you mentioned, and I, I manage our zero waste program, which is a massive amount of zero waste events, but I also focus on advancement of recycling and composting waste management, um, mentoring hundreds of students interested in sustainable professions. And we also have a mini recycling facility on campus where students sort our campus waste into many different streams. So, you know, we are busy here recycling and composting <laughs> all over CU. Wow. I, I, then I definitely brought the right person in to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't have that long list of, of backgrounds. So that, that is amazing. And I, I, I love to hear that, that, that you've had so much experience in the sports category with, with uh, making everything a little bit more sustainable. I, I guess the, my, the first question should be before we get into the events is what does it actually mean to to be sustainable. 
Yeah, I think this is kind of a, a, a big question, right? Is what what's what's the definition? And uh, I decided to come at this from a different direction. There's no really right answer to this question. It's it's multifaceted. There's so many nuances in recycling. It's a constantly evolving science. You know, it's kind of similar to training and like healthy living. Like what works for me it, it is be vegan. Uh, athletes are really getting into this right now as being vegan or vegetarian. Uh, better training model and health model. So, you know, it's not one size fit all, fits all, but, um, you know, anybody that does small steps in the right direction can create a lifelong commitment and passion towards sustainability. Myself, personally, I focus on opportunities to alter the future of people and the planet by kind of identifying any underlying environmental problems that we're having, you know, in relationship to whatever program I'm working on, looking at redesigning infrastructure, breaking down systemic issues, you know, working on the evolution of a more sustainable lifestyle so people can, you know, do things and and participate in, in all the things that we do, but also do it in a, a manner that is more environmentally friendly. Um, it's kind of my been my mission and my personal mission is to create this positive change, influence people, get them excited, make sure that they know that little things that they do can go a really long way. Yeah, I, I like so, the fact that it's that you don't have to be a hundred percent knowledgeable on every little aspect of of lowering your footprint, but if you just do the small things. Um, uh, as as a race organizer myself, and you know, having events in Colorado and San Diego, one of the things that we started doing just over the last couple of years is eliminating all cups at the aid stations. So we asked that you know runners just supply their own bat, you know, the hydration pack, bottle, or a cup for those aid stations. Like we'll we'll supply the the liquids, but hey, we're not doing. You know, plastic cups anymore. We don't want to deal with that. Even even recycling cups. Like I just want to eliminate that altogether. So even small things like that. I'm glad to hear that those are you know things that you know organizers can do to to at least start that process. What are some of the impacts that events are having right now? You know, on the environment. You know, I mentioned obviously the plastic cups and everything else. It's, what are some of the big things that you're seeing? that events are doing that could take the smallest steps, right, to to move towards that lowering the footprint. Right. So, you know, I hate to state the obvious, events create a large source of waste through the food and the aid stations, water consumption, transportation is a huge one, giveaways, decor, supplies, some of those throwaway things you get, you know, you buy a, a tablecloth and a vinyl banner and it's, and next year you have different sponsors. You got to get rid of that and get it. So I, I understand the complexities of what it takes to put on an event and make your sponsors happy and make your, your uh, constituents and your runners, everybody's happy and, and enjoying the event. And, and a lot of times some of these sporting events are located in and hosted in rural areas, outdoors that are typically not impacted by vehicles, humans, waste. They don't have like good waste infrastructure. So a lot of this stuff, you got to hire it in and pack it out and make sure that you're you're reducing your impact on the biodiversity of some of these gorgeous spaces that we use for for especially trail trail running and you know Ironman and some of these um, races that they do in the mountains and, and outdoor spaces so you know as COVID has shown us we definitely can survive without these in-person events but I do agree life is a lot different and less fun without them so yes. yeah as you know, we've seen over the last 12 12 months <laughs> absolutely and you know I people are, are we're surviving without them but the community aspect, you know, people are really bummed to not see live sports. And actually, 
Conversely, we're using the platform, even though events are, are kind of wasteful in a certain aspect, we're also using this platform as a sustainability uh, professional group as a way to spread awareness and conservation efforts. Um, sports are this amazing global recognized movement. They transcend all variants like language, political affiliation, economic status, culture. People can all rally together and, and vote and go for their team and cheer them on. So you know, I think that the biggest things that we're seeing are, you know, water and transportation, uh, waste, impact on biodiversity and locations. You know, you really want to make sure that you're covering all those aspects. My personal feeling is, is we need the first step is a mentality shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we Great. need to depoliticize the current environmental crisis we're facing right now. It's, you know, it's just a fact that things are different. We don't know why, we don't know how, but there are a lot of things that we can do to really shift kind of the the way that we're headed. We're growing exponentially. Events are growing exponentially. I keep seeing more and more events every year, and that's fantastic, but we have a finite amount of resources. So I'd say, you know, mentality shift is huge. At CU, we have a slogan called, what kind of buff will you be? And when we survey our folks, they're like, hey, you know, we we recycle because that's what buffs do on game day. What an easy tie-in to sustainability. And so I think the impact really is just multifaceted, but really transportation, flying, um, shipping product. You know, people don't think about how far a product has to come to yeah. get that T-shirt, that race day T-shirt to you or that medal, which people are so excited to get. Well, you know, speaking on the transportation side of things, I mean, it could be as simple and correct me if I'm wrong, right? It, it could be as simple as uh, runners carpooling to to an event, right? Not everybody has to drive their own car, right? It's if, if there's if there's a carpool opportunity, go ahead and take it. I think that's great. And and you know, some of the larger races or some some other events, they they do offer you know shuttle buses and all that stuff too. But you know, I've I've seen it with a couple of our races that we have to do it is hey, we don't have a lot of parking space, you know, up in the mountains, so you have to carpool. Um, up to the the start line, like, hey, we'll we'll provide you the means to interact with other people to carpool and, and get you those contacts. And here's the carpool late, you know, parking spots that you can go to. Yeah, I think it's it could be as simple as that. But I guess I never even thought about, you know, when you're talking about like the sh- you know, shipping of of materials and and everything else that that also factors in where you go. And it, it also comes down to if you can purchase local. For say, if we're working in Colorado doing events there, we should be able to work with more local companies so that way there's not a lot of transportation in the shipping aspects of it. And I, I never really thought of it, you know, from that angle, which is really cool. Uh, some of my thoughts and suggestions, I think we're going to talk about it further, but it's like getting local vendors so they don't have to travel 200 200- plus miles to get to your event and they can have a taco truck or, you know, whatever it is that your, your events looking for local um, printing vendors for your t-shirts and um, local folks that can then help you supply items that may have already been shipped here and are already in Colorado or already in, you know, California that you can access right there. I'm quite curious, people that are listening in the Boulder Boulder is an annual 10 K event. That's sees over 50,000 runners per year. And they start in North Boulder and they finish at Folsom Field there on the University of Colorado. That's how Angie gets tied into uh, into the race and to some degree. So I'm curious as to a race that size, what is, what is the Boulder Boulder doing to help out with their you know footprint? Yeah, the Boulder Boulder has been incredibly um, 
open and and willing. Um, obviously, they they finish on campus um, at Folsom Field and uh, uh, interested in in making their entire expo and as much of their race as sustainable as possible. Um, we actually green the entire race uh, to the best of our abilities with them, starting with, you know, the starting line. A lot of people are ripping off jackets or changing shoes and they leave a a big pile, right? So I work with the Salvation Army and we get those folks on board and they wait there for a couple hours. And if people don't get their stuff, you know, they they pick that stuff up and donate it. Um, You know, we have compost stations at all the aid areas. New uh, Gatorade and Noon create a compostable cup for us um, and Pepsi so that the cup is then composted. Um, some some things are hard to get away from, right? You just have to have water yeah. for folks. So, you know, that's our best alternative there. And then, you know, at the end of the race, people come in and they get their, their compostable cup with their noon tablet, which is a, you know, a bulk way to serve um, electrolytes really quickly to people. And, um, and then they get their snack pack. The snack pack is actually packed in a reusable lunch bag, which people love those reusable lunch bags. So the Boulder Boulder creates yeah. those and people use those forever and they get their swag and they come through the end of the event. And then we just have a massive footprint for the expo of recycling composting bins. Um, we have 50,000 runners at our, our last anniversary event. You know, that is just the runners that have signed up, not their families and not people attending the Memorial Day celebration. You know, we do as much as we can with the waste. Um, they have lockers where they can store things so people don't throw and toss some of their items away. Um, and they transport those lockers. Um, they do have a lot of public transportation in Boulder. So they encourage people to park lo- like at the malls or or bus in. Um, so, you know, they do a lot of really great efforts. We donate a ton of stuff to the local food pantry afterward. Um, most of our vendors work with us on procuring um, sustainable, compostable, recyclable items for their um, uh, all the samples they give away. You know, they do a fantastic job of really working with us and they're great partners for, for the campus. I'm quite curious because I'm learning more as more information comes out about, you know, being sustainable and stuff, one of the things that uh, you had mentioned and, and that we do at our events is we we typically at the finish line will we'll provide like a, a barbecue for all the runners, whether it's a you know, breakfast sandwiches or burgers or whatever it is. You know, there ends up being a lot of food waste there, right? And, and some recycling and all that stuff. I'd love it if you could explain a little bit more for those people that don't know what the difference is between your actual, your trash, your recycling and your compost. Cause there is a huge difference. And I've, I've learned more about that over the last couple of years, just talking to individuals like yourself and what, you know, we could be doing as an organization. So, but I, it's, it was quite interesting to me to actually learn what the, what the separation is. Cause I don't think a lot of people actually know. Sure. No, that's a great question. And a lot of the things that we throw in uh, the, the trash could be recycled. Um, sometimes you have to have specialty recycling bins for those, but you know, the, the national recycling rate, I think right now, is somewhere around 25%. Um, and that's me? the stuff that could be recycled. Denver wow. is like 16%. So that's not just like how much waste we're creating, but that's stuff that could actually be recycled that's going into the landfill. Oh um, God. You know, a big misnomer people have is, um, oh, if I put it in the landfill, it's going to biodegrade. Well, it doesn't biodegrade. It, it actually creates methane, leche. Um, it's it's really toxic. Um, those items then don't get recaptured and they stay there forever. If you can't donate the food, which I, I understand, prepared foods are really hard to do. Um, if you you know have a company that's willing to bring them down from temp, store them in a freezer, get them donated to a local shelter, awesome. If you can't do that, 
hand them out after the race to people, maybe take them down to somewhere, you know, um, if you're able to, you know, give them somewhere on like a Pearl Street or whatever, where people are, you know, needing food. And then if you can't, obviously you want to compost all your organics. So all your food waste, um, we do industrial composting. So we can accept things like meat and bones and dairy and, and all that. And then, you know, Try to serve things on paper, um, thin paper or paper that doesn't have a lot of plastic on it. Um, that can go in with the compost. And then your recycling stuff, uh, a big movement Boulder Boulder does is each shirt is individually wrapped in a plastic bag with a piece of paper in there. So they ask us, okay, we want to recycle all this. I'm like, cool, I can make that happen. So we just have to have a ton of stations, you know, 50,000 runners, 50,000 shirts plus. And they sit there and they take each shirt out of the bag. They put the bags in our plastic recycling, the paper in our compost recycling. And then we, we take all that material and recycle it. So, you know, something that is a, something that most people throw away actually could be recycled and repurposed. And, you know, and then your typical recycling bottles and cans are great. Um, try to buy cups that are not a number five. Try to focus on things if you are going to buy, like you said, you got rid of your cups, but that are a one or a two that can be recycled. A lot of plastics don't actually get recycled to a new plastic. They actually get downcycled um, or some of it gets trashed because the, the polymers kind of degrade over time. So they can't actually be recycled into new plastic bottles like glass, aluminum, metal, things like that. And then, and then your trash is going to end up being things like, I don't know, wrappers, a broken shoelace, items that really can't be donated or recycled. But even some of those wrappers, um, a great place to, to get rid of those is TerraCycle. Um, they are, have a company where they do those foil packets and foil wrappers from Cliff Bars. In fact, some of those companies, Cliff and whatnot, take those wrappers back. So if you say, hey, you know, we really want to be sustainable. Can you guys bring some boxes, mm -hmm. collect all the wrappers back and then take them with you and encourage those those vendors to kind of help you out and that, you know, they're coming there to promote their product. You want them to kind of follow through with the sustainable efforts you're putting at your event. Um, so one of the things that I've seen uh, and I haven't seen much of it as of recent, but I have seen in, in the past is like styrofoam. What would you, what, what do we need to do with styrofoam? Not buy it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? But when you, so, but when you see it and you don't have that option, sure. what, what, what. Uh, <laughs> so most uh, styrofoam for food service is, is tossware. It's trash. It's got, you know, uh, you know, Chinese food stuff on it or, um, you know, use a styrofoam cup for uh, drinking something. It really can't be recycled. Block styrofoam that you get from like a TV or a printer, you can recycle in certain places. We have a, a cool place here called Charm and you can bring block styrofoam in. Styrofoam peanuts can't be recycled. Um, styrofoam like flimsy plates and stuff that go in on the front of the TV can't be recycled. Um, so it has to be a hard block and typically... Um, a number four or sometimes a number two. Uh, we can't really recycle those items. Actually, I'm going to go back and say a number six, actually. <laughs> two and four are the plastic bags and number six are the styrofoam blocks. So I want to I shift gears really quick. We've been talking sure. about how uh, how organizations, you know, like race organizations can, you know, are, are doing some stuff to lower the footprint. Um, and a lot of our listeners are runners. You know, we, again, trail running community is very in tune to, making sure that we always, and one of my things is when I'm talking to runners at the, at the, at the start line is, Hey, we want to leave this place as we found it. So what are some of those things that runners can actually do to help the event become sustainable from their own end? Right. And I, I love the scout motto, you know, making the venue better than you left it, leaving it, you know, really clean and pristine. You know, I think actually uh, that's, that was one of the suggestions I didn't write down was, you know, every time you go for a run, 
and bring a little small bag with you and, and try yeah. to pick up a piece of trash or two. Um, yep. Do it with your friends. Discourage your friends from from tossing things too, especially, I, you know, everyone says, oh, throw a banana peel or a apple core in the woods that'll break down. But that's not really a good place for those items. It will break <laughs> down. Biodegradation is a thing, but it's just really not a healthy thing to be throwing those things in the woods. But, you know, picking up a piece of trash, I think that that folks can do things like mass transit, like you said, like carpooling. I was I was thinking a, a really cool one would be um, get a, a group of your you know running group or a, um, maybe a club together and get one of those TerraCycle bins. They're a little expensive. They're like you know one or two hundred dollars, but they're massive, and you just fill them with wrappers, and people can just bring them in weekly, you know, to their club and drop them off and recycle those wrappers. Um, make your own snacks if you have the ability. You know, get a dehydrator and make your own snacks, and don't buy things and, and wrap. And if you do need to buy things in bulk, um, you know, buy bulk trail mix and put them in um, reusable baggies yourself. Um, make sure you participate in the programs that are set up by the race because the people spend hours and hours putting that stuff together. Yeah. Um, you know, carry that banana peel a few steps further and get it in that compost bin. Look into programs to recycle your old sporting equipment and sh especially shoes. Um, One World Running is a really great program. They refurbish shoes. Um, and the Nike Reuse a Shoe, they actually, it's called the Nike Grind Program. And they grind shoes um, oh. and then they turn them into track, the bottom of the soles of the shoes. Wow. So support local businesses that don't use environmentally harmful products. Avoid single-use waters. We talked about that a bit. Buy protein and gels in bulk. Look for products that have recycled content. We work with a company called Reprieve, and they actually create recycled fiber. And then they put it in um, a lot of our products here in our our, um, our school store downstairs. Yeah, you know, one of the things is, is if they if you're on site uh, at an event, and they and like like us, like I said, we we have the barbecue, and if the if an event actually supplies the compost bins and the recycling bins, you know, know what you're, you're putting stuff into. Right. And sure. typically those events will have, you know, either somebody there to help out, um, and direct you, or they'll have information on those bins to, to let you know what can and cannot go in there. So that's a lot of these events have volunteers, um, you know, places like eco products, reach out to them and say, Hey, you want to be a sponsor and donate a bunch of plates to our program so we can have a barbecue and, you know, um, find some people that'll stand by the trash bins that know what they're doing and tell people where things go. At the Boulder Boulder, we do volunteer shirts for those folks. It's actually a Boy Scout troop that's been doing it for years. They're awesome. They come and they they, they dig through the trash and, and make sure that things are done right. They're, they're a bunch of 10-year-old uh, kids that are just stoked about doing it. So, and they <laughs> get awesome. a t-shirt, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've always... I have an issue with because I'm, we have to order so many of them is uh, metals, whether it's, you know, metal material or wood, you know, acrylic materials. Have you ever had to work with like Boulder Boulder or any other race organization about what to do with excess uh, race metals? Excess race metals. So I know there are companies that actually make sustainable metals and trophies, um, you know, make it out of reclaimed wood, reclaimed metal. We've actually used a few companies for um, the X Games, um, but as far as the the leftover ones, uh, it's hard. The best. You know, I've I've always I've wanted to know, and there are there are companies out there that you can actually take them to. I th I think at least there's one down here in uh, South San Diego, but I've always been kind of curious because a lot of these like race metals are made from all different types of metals, right? It's not. 
not just one in particular metal itself. It's it's right. everything. So I just I had no idea. I was kind of curious if you had any experience with with those recycling aspects there. You know, one thing Boulder Boulder does do is um, they have us come by after the event, and a lot of their volunteers and and workers come by, and they actually hand out some of that stuff that's dated. Some of the things that aren't going to that are going to go to waste, we come by and pick up a bunch of um, um, snacks from them, um, old posters, things like that. That they're t-shirts that they're not going to get rid of. And so, you know, they have, I don't even know how many thousands of people work at the event, but, you know, I take a medal from the Boulder Boulder and hang it up in my office. I mean, you know, that might be an avenue to work with some of your vendors and sponsors and volunteers and, and, and get them those products. And if you can't get rid of them all, maybe find um, a local award uh, trophy folks that might be able to reuse some of those products or melt it down. Like you said, the hard part is when you get different plastics or different metals put together and it's hard to repurpose them. Uh, One of the things that we're working on as an organization is because we, again, we end up with a ton of leftover shirts, a ton of leftover metals. And one of the things that we're looking at doing is doing a, like a rewind event. You know, if, if we've got events here in San Diego, we'll transport all of our excess metals and shirts over to Colorado and we're looking at doing a rewind event there. So when people sign up, they get a leftover medal and a leftover shirt from one of our races here and vice versa for Colorado to San Diego. And that's kind of one of the things that I thought about instead of trying to worry about, okay, I've got, you know, a hundred pounds of, of metal sitting around. Like what can we do to, to just make sure it gets into somebody else's hands. So that was one of the things that, that we're trying to do. And I know that's not huge, but again, it's something that, that was just easy that I could think of that kind of helped, helped us out. That's funny you say that. Cause we actually, we call it, we call our stuff this, uh, we got a handful of vintage items. And ah. so um, at X games, we had a bunch of old like water bottles and, and uh, old bags that we had made and um, just utensil packets and whatnot. So um, my, my friend and I who work on that event, um, we're like, what if we created a, like a vintage giveaway? And so we ended up doing that and it worked out really, really well. People went nuts over that stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's actually surprising what people want and, you know, something iconic like X games or Boulder Boulder, people love that stuff and they love to collect it. And uh, um, it could be, fun to do since you know people are really loyal to your race um you know giving away some of those old shirts or selling them or doing a raffle um you could even you know i was thinking you could do an environmental raffle where people do a pledge um maybe either at their when they register or at the event and they pledge to do something sustainable find a sponsor that'll match that pledge plant trees or whatever and then you know the hundred people get picked from the pledge they get this old old school like 19 you know 90s t-shirt from your your racing group or whatever i don't know it's kind of fun make it exciting and and engaging yeah i mean especially if you've got some you know a shirt or metal that's you know 10 15 years old right i'm sure boulder boulder looks back through it they're what they're 30 years in now if they find something that was from from you know 20 years ago uh, i'm sure that could you know your vintage aspect there but you know one of the last things that that I also thought about from a runner perspective or anybody, I guess it doesn't really matter. You could be an average Joe, like uh, going out and helping your local park rangers and your parks department with, you know, trail cleanups. Right. And making sure that, you know, there's no trash left out there, you know, with them. So reaching out to, to your local rangers and and finding out about if there is any opportunity for for trail cleanups as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And it engages your group as in a community effort that's 
I don't know. It's fun. It's different. It's, it's kind of, you know, runners are tend to be very serious people. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's fun to maybe go out and do that and then get together and have a beer and, you know, um, just engage with, with folks. It's a very feel good thing and, and it, and it helps create a, a cleaner environment for everyone. Definitely. Well, Angie, thanks so much. I, I, I learned a lot personally um, from this conversation and I hope, you know, some of our listeners can take some, some of these small little tips that you mentioned today and kind of help out because it's definitely, I think more as, as there's, you know, races continue to happen and whether they, you know, there's more races or or not, the environmental aspect of, of events is going to continue to grow. And I think the more as a, you know, more we can do from, you know, little small things, it adds up. Right. So, um, again, I hope, I hope listeners take, take away some of the, some of the items that, that you had mentioned today and, and can help, help out with, you know, making events more sustainable. So I, I really appreciate all the, all the information and, and join me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And yeah, you're right. One little thing can make a big difference. I think the best, most important part is we forget about the other two parts of the triangle. So it's reduce, reuse, and then recycle. Recycle as a last option. Compost as a last option. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what your event uh, is going to do further and, and see if there's any way we can help you out in the future. that'll do it for today's episode of the trail life podcast special shout out to angie gilbert for joining me to talk sustainability and how runners and organizers can help make events more sustainable we hope each and every one of you took a little bit of something out of that episode to help make those events eco-friendly so thank you everybody we'll see you out on the trails real soon